hello. Welcome to the Betches Sub Podcast. I'm Sammy Fishbein. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And for those of you who are just tuning in, the Betches Sub Podcast is your bi-weekly rundown of all the crazy shit that's happening in the news, explained by your two funniest friends. Which is us. Yes, it is. Today we are talking about Anna Wintour, Robert Mueller's testimony, and Stephen Miller. Let's get into it. Betches Media presents. I like beer. I don't know if you do. Okay. Do you like beer, Senator, or not? Uh, my party is going bat crazy. Alternative facts. Oh, goodness. The Betches Sup Podcast. America! Oh, it's getting hot in this podcast room already. So much going on. How's your mm-hmm. weekend, Brian? Um, It was very hot this weekend, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which we'll talk about. But I was just on the beach all weekend, so that was nice. Was it even hot there? Yes, it was. Well, at least we still have beaches, so. Exactly. Count your blessings. Yeah, exactly. So, Sammy, what's getting you through this week in Trump's America? Um, so someone is actually being held accountable for their racist tweets. Mm. And can you guess? It's a woman. Oh. It's a woman, of course. Um, so Miss Michigan, her name is Kathy Zhu. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's spelled Z-H-U. She's a 20-year-old student at the University of Michigan. And Miss Michigan. And she was dismissed as a Miss World America pageant participant after a day after she was crowned because the organization claimed that the content of her social media was offensive, insensitive and inappropriate. And they emailed her telling telling her that she no longer met the requirements to be in good character. Um, So what did she say? Um, well, first, let me just give you a little background on her. She's a well-known conservative political commentator, even though she's only 20. So that's who, <laughs> that's who conservatives are listening to. Tell me, Lauren. Um, <clears throat> yeah. She also only has, between her Instagram and her Twitter, 80,000 followers, which, like, in my opinion, like, kind of lame yeah. for, like, a well-known contributor uh, commentator. Yeah. I mean, we don't have that many, like, you and me. But Personally. also, like, we're not racist. Yeah. So, um, basically... These were her two tweets. So in the first in the first instance, there was a um, like a booth on college campus, I assume, at University of Michigan. And they were basically letting people try on a hijab. And this is what she tweeted about that. There is a try a hijab on booth at my college campus. So you're telling me that it's now just a fashion accessory and not a religious thing? Or are you just trying to get women used to being oppressed under Islam? And then her second tweet was a reply, not even on the same topic, but it was generally a reply. Um, and she wrote, did you know that the majority of black deaths are deaths are caused by other blacks fix problems within your own community before blaming others. Woof. And then she defended that tweet by saying, obviously I am not racist or stuff like that. <laughs> if yeah. you ha- if people are debating whether or not you're racist, you're probably racist. What I also think is interesting is it's odd that, they crowned her and then the next day they took it away. It's like, did they not have access to her social media accounts before this? Well, maybe people called it to their attention after and they were like, oh shit, we made a mistake. We didn't do enough due diligence. I'm sure they're very busy. You know, they got 50 states. So (laughs) they can't be monitoring everyone. have contestants for each state. And then once we add Puerto Rico and DC, there's going to be 52. Yes. (laughs) Um, But so she deleted the tweets, even though she still claims that she stands by them. And like, here's the thing. I actually feel that these things that she said are very classic Republican conservative Mm -hmm. talking points. Like this is how they 
like if you talk about gun violence to a conservative, yeah. this is number one thing they're going to bring up. They'll be like, black people are all killing each other. Yeah. Like that's literally like the most cons- like that's the most like obvious talking point. Like mm-hmm. I could write that script for them. Mm-hmm. The thing about the hijab, I'll be honest, like I I mean, I think impl- saying that you're trying to get women used to being oppressed under Islam is obviously offensive. I don't know about the fashion accessory versus the religious garb thing. Mm-hmm. I think it was, it seems to me like it would be more of a, of a, a situation where she was, it was to, 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 to feel the way that they feel elsewhere so you can get an idea of it. It, it doesn't seem like it was a fashion accessory, right? Right. I don't, I don't, I honestly don't know what to make of the also try hijab on booth yeah. itself, but it's like, obviously she took it somewhere else. Yeah, it was unnecessary, obviously, for her to tweet these things. Um, yeah, I, I, it's, it's good that she's being held accountable, I guess, but it just seems odd. It's just like, of course, they hold the twenty-year-old yeah, pageant winner accountable. Yeah, like, okay, great, she has no power. Right? Why don't we hold the president accountable? A novel I know. idea. I know. That's um, interesting, Brian. Yes. What is getting you through this week? Um. So I think that there is something special about British shade. I yes. think it's better than American shade. It's Absolutely. more subtle, which I think is more stinging. Like I, you know, some women who come to mind, you know, Dame Maggie Smith has some great British shade, but today we'll be talking about Anna Wintour. So the Vogue editor in chief was on this podcast called the economist asks. Um, and they started talking about first lady fashion she was asked why Melania Trump has yet to appear in Vogue and repeatedly started like tried to dodge the question before saying, I think it's important for Vogue to support women leading change in this country. So we're actually going to play a quick clip from the podcast. I think it's important for Vogue to support women who are leading change in this country. I think, um, you know, First Lady, uh, First Lady Michelle Obama really was so incredible and in every decision she made about fashion. She supported young American designers. She supported uh, designers indeed from all over the world. She was the best ambassador that this country could possibly have if in, in many ways, obviously way beyond But she's not the first lady now. So fashion. what about the one that you've got now? And to me, she is the example that I admire. Would you uh, give Donald Trump fashion advice if he called? I think he's unlikely to call. Yeah. So she replied to the question about Melania Trump by saying, I really like Michelle Obama. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Wait, can we talk about why The Economist on their podcast is asking? First of all, why? Fine. She has Anna Wintour. Fine. Why are they asking about first lady fashion on The Economist? I don't know. It's weird because so they were talking about um, the state visit. Uh, oh. You know, and then I, that, I think that's what led to that because they're like, she's like Melania Trump really upped a game uh, when she went to the United Kingdom to dress for the Brits. She wanted to be a fashion ambassador, uh, and then so and, and Anna Winter's like, mm, I like Michelle Obama. That's so <laughs> funny. I mean, she wanted to be a fashion ambassador the same way she wanted to be a model in the eighties, which yeah. or the nineties, which we all know. Oh my god, we, we should all know call, what that really was. I, I'm not a fashion influencer. I'm a fashion ambassador. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's what I'm gonna be. Yeah, I want to be that. Um, the only thing I've ever liked that Melania Trump wore was 
during the inauguration. Yes. Her dress when when she did that horrific dance with him and to my way, and he just sort of like stared mm-hmm. into space while she stood I, there. It had a beautiful little belt. It was just yeah. A great I like what she wore during the actual inauguration as well. Cause she wore she wore that like like light blue Jackie O pantsuit. Oh, I didn't like that. I thought, I thought she, I was like, oh, well, she looks great. She's a terrible person. Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> right. That was the only thing I liked that she wore. But she looks good. And if, if she were Michelle Obama or if Michelle Obama had worn that, I would maybe consider wearing that to my wedding. Well, that was a really cool thing that Michelle Obama would do is that she would wear, because everyone wanted to dress Michelle Obama. And yeah. so every single, and she was seen every single day. So she had so many opportunities to wear clothes. Like, I guess everyone does have opportunities to wear <laughs> so clothes. So do you. But, yeah, but not as publicly as Michelle Obama. So she would wear, you know, like a lot of young designers clothes and get people's names out there, which was really nice and cool. Oh, she was the best. She was the best. The Obama years were so great. I know. I wish I didn't finish her book. Cause I, so I could keep yeah. reading it. Oh, I know. Honestly, like I was actually thinking about this this morning. Like in terms of my personal life, the Obama years were way worse than the Trump <laughs> years, which like, but in terms of like my anxiety yeah. about world events, uh-huh. the Trump year, oh, you fucking can't, I can't. I know. I just wish I had also appreciated the time I had It's right. like you don't It was it, like It's like you don't know You're in the good times When you're having Right, right. <laughs> It said I was busy Like like making an ass of myself uh-huh. Just like Yeah exactly. But my personal life Is much better Under the Trump administration Me too actually <laughs> I Yeah I feel like I've grown as a person Yeah but, you know Maybe it's because Of all this stress Yeah I don't know Okay let's get into The main news The first story we have Is one that I'm Super excited about Yeah as you can probably guess, for those of you who listen to this podcast, it is Mueller testifying Ooh. this week. We weren't sure yeah. if this was going to happen. And we're gonna we're still not sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be sure, guys. So on Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, former special counsel Robert Mueller will testify b- before the House Judiciary and Intelligence Committees to answer questions about his two-year investigation of Russian interference into the election and Trump's possible obstruction of justice. All 10 potential counts. Mm-hmm. Um, it's expected to be five hour live public circus. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Mueller basically has said repeatedly that he does not intend to answer any questions that are outside the scope of the report, which like fine. The scope is the, mm-hmm. the report is a 448 pages worth of scope. Yeah. So that no one has read, including myself. Yeah. Although I'm trying to get through it. Yeah, it's just hard when there are so many amazing thrillers. Yeah, and they take two minutes to read. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or I could, yeah. Um, um it, it's it's really going to be great because I think there's been I think space between you know the initial report being released and you know Bill Barr and Trump basically making their own like tainting you know public opinion by releasing his summary before the report actually came out and saying that. There was nothing in it when it turns out there is actually a lot of shit in it. So it'll be, I think it'll, I think it's good to remind everyone that this is still a thing, you know? Yeah. Still a thing. It's going to be a thing in 2020. And like how many people have. And Mitch McConnell yeah. keeps blocking the legislation yeah. to protect the election like a I know. fucking asshole. Well, that was another major, major point of the Mueller report is that the election interference happened and it was real. Um, but the other thing is like, we know Americans are more likely to watch the movie than read the book. Just look at Game of Thrones. Like, there's yeah. no way that as many people who fucking watch Game of Thrones read all those 800-page books. No way. Um, Harry Potter. Not to brag, I read all the books. Um, <laughs> that was just how he lets everyone <laughs> yeah. know. I read, guys. Um, yes. Uh, Did you but, read the Mueller report? I, I No. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, like... Um, 
the producer of Archer, or like the cartoonist from Archer, like mm-hmm. wrote it out as a story. I might read that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, it's, see exactly. It's more uh, consumable. So maybe I think it, this is like, going to be very consumable, and like you know, everyone's going to be covering it. It's not like Fox News isn't going to be on the Mueller report, right? Mm, I wouldn't count on it. I mean, to Mueller's be honest, funny. the the my only hope for this, and if this doesn't happen, I'm afraid it never will, mm-hmm. is that this that he'll say things that are in the report. And uh, although I haven't read the report, I have been listening to the Mueller She Wrote podcast, and mm-hmm. they literally go through like page by page, mm-hmm. and they point out like the key things that are mm-hmm. happening and it's incredibly dense. You cannot keep track of like all this stuff. It's like even the hosts of that podcast are like it's with um this one person who's anonymous and she's a veteran and she's been like really researching it and then her two hosts are like these two comedians and they're like they seem sort of confused sometimes. But I'm hoping that he'll say things and then this will like push Nancy Pelosi over for impeachment because it'll just be so obvious that it has to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. And they really just want, I think Democrats just really want to lay down the groundwork about Russian meddling just so they can repeat it throughout the 2020 race to make sure that people are aware. Cause if we're aware that we're being influenced, then we're less likely to believe the fake things. If that makes sense. You know, like I was talking to someone in Russia who said that like they're used to knowing that things are propaganda and fake so right. they just assume everything is propaganda and fake. Whereas we see like Nancy Pelosi slurring her speech and don't realize that it's a fake video. Right. And that's, this is just the beginning. Um, like I think you guys talked about last week, deep fakes mm-hmm. that you can essentially create a video of anyone doing anything. You know, like there's no way to really prove that it's not real or disseminate the message that it's not real once yeah. it's gone viral, which is deeply frightening. Can you yeah. imagine? No. I don't want to imagine, but I can. Mm -hmm. Um, And okay. So if you were able to ask Robert Mueller one question, Mm -hmm. what would you ask him? Well, so I've been seeing a lot of people like make comments about this, but you know, the president is always tweeting. There's been no collusion, complete and total exoneration, witch hunt. And it's like, and no obstruction of justice. Like he, like they can just like take his tweets and be like, would would you say that the president is being truthful when he says there's been a complete exoneration? Would you say the president's being truthful when he said there's no collusion, no obstruction of justice? So just like really laying that out in a yes or no kind of way, just to be like, you know, I feel like that'd be really interesting to see. That's a good question. But what if he won't answer it because because it's not in the report technically? Well, I think it it references the report i don't know it's he is also no longer a government official he's a private citizen so he technically can say whatever he wants he's just like a a career whatever right and so he like wouldn't do necessarily do things like that and everyone says he's like so calm and like a straight shooter so who knows but also i on that side it's also nerve-wracking to know if maybe he would um you know make it seem quite boring like, I hope it's not boring. Like, Michael Cohen was fun to watch because Michael Cohen is a fucking character and just, like, says crazy shit. I think it won't be boring because these things I mean, it won't always... Be for us. It won't be for us, but I think these things always sort of gain traction because you're, you don't just have the person, you have the questioners. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. that's why I wish, I wish like, the, the Senate Intelligence Committee was going to be there because then we could see Kamala do it. I was about to say, my question would be, I cede my time to Senator Harris. Uh, yeah. There's uh, also... Yeah. It's also 
asking him if he wasn't president, would you have indicted him? Which he does address. Kind he talks about how he he's following DOJ policy within the report. Yeah, and so that you can't indict a sitting president and be like, so if that wasn't the sitting, pre- if that wasn't the president, if that was not the precedent, would you have indicted the president? <laughs> right. That's that's a, a good question yeah. and important for like the people making the decisions. But mm-hmm. I feel like the public is they the, the idea that there's like guidelines for yeah. for charging people is like so far out well, of the scope of their. I think if you just explain that you can't charge a president with like literally anything because they're president. And then phrasing it that way. Yeah, you know but what that's, I mean? it's obvious to you because you like pay attention to this shit. I guess the so. The next question out of someone's mouth after that is why? Then you give them the answer. Why? Why? Mm. Like they don't know enough. Yeah. Like, people don't know enough. Like I don't know enough. Yeah. Um, my question would probably be, I don't know if he'd answer this. Do you think that we were, that would you consider the 2016 election interference to be in any to be a foreign attack mm-hmm. and do you think that this country is in any potential danger due to the president's relationship with foreign adversaries who may or may not have helped him get elected yeah i think that's like really what it comes down to because mm-hmm. it's not just like oh punishing him for what he did before yeah it's like we actively have a danger mm-hmm. and it, like luckily there's been no serious crises yeah but if you do have a serious crisis, like an Iran situation, yeah. which like I really just, I don't have any time or headspace to deal with Iran, like in my head. Um, but like, if you have a situation like that on this episode, uh, <laughs> at all, um, if you have a situation like that, how can you, how can you trust that we're even acting in our own interests? Mm-hmm. And that's like, what's really scary. Well, you know, that's he was, what he, yeah. he needs to be brought to light. He was just at the G20 summit where, and was talking to Putin. And he's like, will you tell Russia not to interfere in our election? He's like, don't interfere in our elections. Like, just like offhanded. Right. Like, oh, you fucking asshole. Such an asshole. Um, so we'll be covering the um, the hearing live on at Betcha Sup, Twitter and Instagram. So mm-hmm. be sure to follow us. Maybe Lanny Davis will retweet us again. Yeah, that was we'll nice. We'll see. Was nice. And if you have questions that you would choose to ask Robert Mueller, tweet them at us and we will potentially post them on Instagram. There you go. Or we'll at least throw you a retweet or a comment or something. (laughs) Um, Should we talk about Stephen Miller? Yeah. It's always a good day when we talk Mm -hmm. about Stephen Miller. Um, Interesting. So he was on, he made the Fox News Sunday appearance. Uh, He was on Chris Wallace. Interestingly, he did not paint his head this time. Did you notice that? Right, because he's on his home base. So they don't need to think that he has hair. Steve Miller is the crazy um, White House. What is is his title? Like White House. I think he's now the communications director. Who knows? He's been promoted. Yeah, he's been. It's something different. Um, And he is just like very bombastic. He's gross. Gross. Yeah. Yeah. so that's the kind of journalism you got here. Yeah, the he's pre- gross. <laughs> <laughs> he's ugly. He, he is. He's basic. He probably hasn't touched a woman. It's really in his soul years. that makes him gross. Though. Yeah. Okay. Just to this is why I think he's gross. This is a person who's and his uncle has written an article about this. This is a person whose family escaped pogroms in Eastern Europe. And yet he comes here and he is like the main intellectual driver behind the idea that we are putting children in cages. Like you would be in those fucking cages mm-hmm. had you been born in another place in time. So the the audacity to do something like that, to even believe, like to have those beliefs and that just hatred towards another group. Yeah. That it's just 
It's gross. The way he talks is just gross too. So yeah, the, the pills pres- are shallow things. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys remember? Like, I think this happened bef- after our podcast on Thursday. Um, there was a rally in South Carolina where the president was giving um, a s- speech. You know, and his his supporters started to chant, "Send her back." Um, he stopped his speech and he let the audience go on for about 13 seconds before resuming said speech. And then there was like all this backlash, like even like conservative commentators and Republicans are like, oh, I, re- I didn't like that. That that was their condemnation. I didn't like oh, it. I didn't like it. It <laughs> wasn't like my favorite. And then the president was like, I didn't say that. I didn't start that. I even started speaking quicker so we could just, and he's like, no, you didn't bro. It's False. on fucking video. And now he's like kind of back to, and then he started to say like, Oh, I don't support that. But now he's kind of like, doubling down that he does support the chance it's really weird but anyways sounds like charlottesville yeah so Stephen miller um he was on fox news sunday chris wallace called um repeatedly calls miller out for his double standard on the president criticizing the country and his aggressive reaction to the four members of the squad criticizing the country the four uh congressional women Here's Miller trying to explain why Trump isn't anti-America by claiming the president wasn't born here and that Putin is a good guy while the squad isn't when they critique border control agents. The core element of the president's philosophy is America first. Saying that America needs to improve to get closer to an America first ideal as the president did as a candidate, criticizing Obama, criticizing our trade deals, our foreign policy deals, our immigration policies, is, is out of love for America. Saying as Representative Ocasio-Cortez did, that illegal immigrants are in effect more American than Americans is fundamentally an okay, anti-American let's, let's, statement. Let me just cut to the heart of the issue. These four congresswomen detest America as it exists, as it is currently constructed. They want to tear down the structure of our country. They want it to be a socialist open borders country. If you, as Donald Trump says, want to destroy America with open borders, you cannot say you love your country. If you attack border agents the way that Ocasio-Cortez has, it means you have a deep-seated hatred of the nation as it exists. That's why you want to erase its borders, fundamentally transform the country, and in the process, it doesn't matter if American citizens lose their jobs, lose their homes, lose their livelihoods, lose their health coverage and lose their very lives he's a crazy bigot i could hear him spitting as he talks yeah and by here i can just know i didn't actually hear the spit i just Uh know yeah (laughs) um he's gonna get they're gonna get one of these women killed or hurt yeah it's really scary hearing them talk like this because we do not just fucking remember that there was a crazy trump supporter sending bombs to prominent democratic members and media outlets in october this just happened yeah i mean i also want to say i not that i want to put stock in this person and what they say but amorosa Mm -hmm. (laughs) appeared on msnbc yesterday um and she was talking about like the logistics behind how they do these rallies Mm -hmm. and how they organize like the chants and how they and how trump knows like when to like go and stop and like stoke the crowd more or not and basically what she explained is that in the crowds, there are people called section leaders, and those are the people who start the chants. And basically, there's a person. First of all, the person who um, who organizes all of this is Mike Pence's son. Ew. So that's just a fun fact. So you have section leaders in different areas who like start and stop the chants, basically. And 
there's someone in the front who's like the head section leader. This is all what Amorosa mm-hmm. described. Who's like the head section leader who gives a cue to the section leaders when to chant, when to stop, when to like, so that Trump can either keep speaking or stop speaking or let people like boo or not boo or cheer, yeah. whatever it is. And he, Trump is the one who cues the head section leader with what they should do. So like he's really the one. So by the wow. so like when he like stepped back and was like basking in the chant, which he claims he didn't. That's why he even used this excuse. Like I started speaking again very quickly because like he's saying that like internal knowledge of like that's the cue for them to stop uh-huh. or not. But like to me that made when I heard that I was like that makes no sense. Is like so you started speaking, therefore you're not responsible for everything you said. Yeah, it made no sense, but now it makes sense. Because he's the one who cues the head section leader to be like, let them keep going or make like we are going to move on. Yeah, well, I'm so d- when yeah. he steps back and like basks, mm-hmm. that's when he wants them to keep cheering for like a period of time. I'm curious to see what's going to happen in his next rally, if it's going to happen again. I think they're going to change the um, the chant to love it or leave it, which sucks for John Lovett. Uh. Um, I think they're going to change it to that because that's like more palatable to... Mm. "Quote unquote normal Republicans." I feel like "love it or leave it" is hard to say. Love, love it, it or leave, leave it. it. <laughs> <laughs> but like "lock her up" was easy to chant because it's only three syllables. Right. Each lock word. Her up, lock send her up. Her back. Send her back is easy to say. Um. I, I mean, we'll see. Yeah. But I think that's like the message that that Republicans are like across what, the board finding more palatable. What is also interesting too is I feel like in 2018 a lot of the conservatives and Republicans who are running for re-election used nancy pelosi as like their villain and it was like they like even the, the ones who weren't running against nancy pelosi they were running against nancy pelosi yeah you know what i mean so i wonder by picking these four w- congresswomen freshman congresswomen who have not even been in congress for a year um painting them the face of the democratic party and I, I wonder if people are going to see through it because it's kind of like crazy. And they did that strategy did not work for them in 2018. Well, I think Nancy, it's Nancy Pelosi is different than the four of them. And one thing that I, 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 I do think there's a danger of that because it forces Democrats to unite behind these people rather mm-hmm. than unite behind Nancy Pelosi, who's people know is more moderate. But I my issue and I, I feel pretty strongly about this. I think that the. The, the fact that they're calling them the squad is a name that liberals should not embrace. Uh-huh. When I hear squad, I'm literally half a neuro connection away from like from gang and death like, squad and death squad. And you hear like I just hear the ads already uh-huh. in my head like like Kamala Harris stands behind the squad. And yeah. then you see like all four of their face, like the squad who wants to allow every illegal immigrant to come here and take your jobs and kill you and join MS 13. Yeah. Like that's where it's going because you, first of all, you have people who they're persecuting for obviously because they're not white. Then you have, you have the fact that Trump already is like, and the gangs and the drugs yeah. and, the, and the rapists, like you're one, you're one like brief thought away from that. Mm-hmm. And I think that like liberals, we like them. We're like, Oh, the squad, you know, yeah. the plastics. Like, yeah, it's, but like, I don't think that the minds of like most people who are not super progressive, I think of most people that's like, it's like a dirt, it's be- going to become a dirty word. I also wonder, doesn't it just remind you of like, didn't Taylor Swift just call herself the squad? Like, 
with her like friends a few years ago. Right. Like, do you? Th- right. Exactly. I'm still thinking about like Car- Cara Delevingne and like Carly Kloss hanging out with Taylor Swift. Right. But what I think about that is like they're okay because they're like little high school bullies. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a difference. But that's, when you have different. when you have these congressmen who identify as socialists, mm-hmm. which is a dirty word to most Americans, mm-hmm. who are not white, which is also a dirty word to most Americans, like or not, I don't know about most, but many, you. It creates a different picture than like the Taylor Swift squad. And I just, I know if I don't think this for myself, but I know how conservatives like are like, yeah, they're very easy to, to understand where their brains go. Yeah. And that's like, if my brain goes there, like I see how they're, mm-hmm. it's not good. So yeah, if, if you can, please stop referring to them as the squad. <laughs> Just, I plan to stop. What, what should we? What, should we come up with another name, or just call them the four congressmen? I would just be like the pro, the four congressmen of the apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! I prefer to call them like the progressive wing of the party. Yeah, because that's what they are. Or like the more progressive wing. I, I saw someone tweet uh, went viral, and they're like, "As an Australian, it seems weird that these four women are seem as radical left when literally every other like first world nation has the." The, the laws that they're fighting for yeah i mean like left like what's considered far left in america is like center to to like yeah immediate moderate left everywhere else. yeah it's like oh yeah we all have free health care we all have medicare right. for all and, and in scandinavia their happiness index is like super high yeah. and they have health care and they tax their riches more and they all get taxed more but they have better benefits yeah that's just and, the way it works and their currency is worth more okay yeah okay and they have pretty snow yeah <laughs> okay let's just do a quick thing Let's move on to one more thing, which is actually two more things. Yeah. Um, the first about ASAP Rocky. Mm-hmm. So on June 30th, ASAP Rocky and his entourage got in a brawl. And oh, speaking of Scandinavia in Stockholm. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically the base, whatever. He's now in jail, in custody in Sweden since for since then. Ju- July uh, on June, June 30th. I think he went. I think he submitted himself on July 3rd. And then he's just been in jail ever since. Yeah, so he's stuck there until he's arraigned. No one knows how long. Um, And Donald Trump Mm -hmm. tweeted on Friday, I think it was, that they wanted to get him out of jail. Yeah. And he called the Swedish prime minister to get him out. Yeah. The prime minister was like, the courts are independent. He doesn't control anything. But the best part of this story is that Justin Bieber responded to this saying that if you care about someone getting out of jail, you should probably start with the kids in cages in your own country. Damn. I mean, this story is, I mean, I obviously don't think ASAP Rocky based on what I've read should be in jail in Sweden, but at the same time we are literally running our diplomacy at the hands of Kim Kardashian and Kanye West. Chris Jenner. She, she Instagram about it too. Right, because Kendall used to date ASAP Rocky. Oh, yeah, and and people started commenting on Chris Jenner's post, being like, "Okay, now you give, now you make a political now you give stance." A fuck. Yeah, when fucking ASAP Rocky gets arrested in Sweden, he's probably in so much better conditions than the children at the border. Um, yeah, and it's uh, he's claiming he was acting in self defense. Um, so who knows? The court decided on Friday that Rocky would remain in custody for one more week to allow police to complete their investigation. They have until July twenty fifth. When Trump, after Trump reached out to the Swedish prime minister about bailing him out, the prime minister said the courts are independent and he doesn't, he can't sway things, which is like, nice. I mean, not nice, but like, I'm glad that your powers are separate. Right. Whereas here, it's not. Here, it's like, so. again, it is diplomacy by tweet. Yeah. At the request of Chris Jenner. <laughs> 
Um, the other thing in our two more things section yeah, is that it's really hot. It's been really fucking hot. Um, about 195.7 million people were under an excessive heat watch or warning or a heat advisory on Friday, according to the National Weather Service. Yeah. So this was happening from like New Mexico to Maine. There it's pretty are much the whole thing. Pretty much the whole thing. There are record breaking highs in at least four cities, including El Paso, Texas, which topped out at 106 degrees Fahrenheit in Atlantic City, New Jersey, which saw 100 degrees. And if you don't know where either of those places are, they are, like we said, not close to each other at all. Um, so that's no bueno. Um, and also, did you see the thing about Con Edison? Yeah. Cutting off, so in, in Brooklyn, in New York, um, Con Edison is getting some um, fire for cutting power to predominantly black and brown neighborhoods in Brooklyn. Flatbush, Prospect, Lefferts, Gart, whatever, Georgetown, Canarsie, a few, to name a few, 33, over 33,000 people were affected. And a lot of people are like, how did you choose who to cut off the power for to save so other people could have power? It's a little, and like, and they're, they pick, these neighborhoods are not as gentrified as the other parts of Brooklyn. Yeah. And I mean, Elise put this on her um, Instagram story this morning and I was like, yes, this is so true. Where she was, she was like, honestly, this is how climate change will affect people disproportionately because poorer neighborhoods, minority neighborhoods, Mm -hmm. less gentrified places. They're the ones who are going to get the short end of the stick and people will die in heat like this if they don't have power. And that is how climate change actually becomes like a scramble for resources. It becomes unaffordable for people who are, who don't have money. Mm -hmm. And there it's just, it's not just that it's like tons of conditions adding up to each other. Cause if you're yeah. sick already because you don't have health insurance and you don't have preventative care, then when you, there's a heat wave and you literally can't breathe. Yeah. You're literally at risk for death. Um, people did die. There were at least two deaths this weekend. Um, why, why wouldn't they just like turn off the billboards in times square? Oh, because that's for rich people. Yeah, it's crazy. Like that must have capitalism. That Brian. must cost so much money to power. Yeah, but someone gets that money. It's like crazy. someone's being paid for those to be there because it's capitalism. Yeah, that's truly wild. Um, the free hand of the market, you know. And just 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 came out this past week. June two thousand nineteen is officially the hottest month on record ever. Um. Federal climate scientists, according to federal climate scientists from the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, it beat out 2016 June, um, which with records going back to 1880, Austria had its warmest June since records there began in 1767 when Mozart was just 11 years old. Oh, fun, fun fact. To put it into perspective. And, yeah. and just, uh, we got a plug. If you are interested in more climate-related facts, we just added a feature to the Betches Up email, mm-hmm. which is a climate change fact a, a week mm-hmm. um, sponsored by the NRDC. They're the ones giving us the facts, so you know they're legit. They're s- amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you should just probably save those up and screenshot them for when your racist uncle at Thanksgiving tells you that climate change is a Chinese hoax. Yeah. So that's another reason <laughs> to get the Betches Up email. Go to betches.co slash sup sign up to sign up mm-hmm. yeah i'm really hoping for a hearty debate next week i'm so excited climate change i hope they talk about climate change yeah i mean i'm scared that they won't like address it enough as it needs to be i mean if trump wins this election they're we're we, all gonna die we're, uh, i know that's li- like it, that i like i don't mean that in like a bombat like i try not to sound so crazy 
yeah, but like no, it's hard it's hard it's hard to like <laughs> but like eventually we're all going to die from climate change <laughs> like, or, I don't, unless you die from just a regular thing yeah unless you just die from a regular thing which happens you yeah. know but you know i mean if not you your children grandchildren, your children, your grandchildren. i mean it's not just gonna be like oh like i got killed in a flood although you could yeah it's more like these conditions become untenable Pe- yeah. it becomes unaffordable there's gonna be mass migration because th- places there- won't be sustainable we won't be able to live there anymore it's gonna put our economy into a fucking downfall craziness and that's what yeah. years and years on hbo is about so oh really I know i'm doing like a one girl ad for this <laughs> But it's a great job. That's kind of like the point. Like they show how the like change, like the structural changes in the world affect the family over the years. So you see how oh. it like actually affects people's lives. Like there's a whole a whole piece of it is about immigration and like refugees. Yeah, that's scary. So watch the show. Okay. Or sign up for the Betches Sub email and you yeah. can find out your climate change facts there. And make sure you're following us on Instagram and Twitter, um, especially for this Wednesday. We're going to be flooding you with fun content yeah it's the only place you can get fun content yeah on really unfun topics yeah and then thursday i'm sure i'll mostly just be talking about the Mueller investigation or hearing yeah i'm so excited yeah can i be on that one yeah we'll see what we'll, i'll see i'll see what i can do okay <laughs> all right until the end of democracy i'm sammy fishbein i'm brian russell smith and this has been the betcha Up podcast Batches.